Good morning. Give me a second as I mark my book also. Got to say thanks to Sean and Jerry for letting me uh, speak once again for another week. Um, I know after the first week, that's, that's tough to let me go a second week. So thank you for that. Um, if I can reference the previous lesson from last week, we will, um, I won't go into that fully, but that will be in part of the lesson today in regards to um, the Pharisees and what it was truly like to be um, quote-unquote pharisaical, to be like a Pharisee. And if you remember in the lesson, um, we kind of basically showed by the scripture that it wasn't that the Pharisees were following the law to a T. Actually, they were disobeying the law. If you, if you would read through, especially like Matthew 23 and other scriptures, they disobeyed a number of scriptures. And they had an unbalanced emphasis on certain scriptures and certain things that they said or they declared that were wrong, and they let other things through. And then on top of that, they basically had, um, they created their own traditions and were binding them on, on, on their people, essentially. Um, so that's something we're going we're gonna to talk about just a little bit later on today. But if you want to fully reference that, you'd have to go back and watch the video from last week. Um, but this, this week, what I'd like to talk about is, is a phrase that's it's been a catchy phrase for who knows how long, 100 years, 200 years, uh, in the religious community, and it's, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? All right, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Um, a lot, and, and soon after this, this question, uh, you might have, you might have this, this, um, this statement where it says, it's not about rules and regulations, all right? And um, what's, what's funny is, is with these, with these phrases, people nowadays have separated a relationship with God from obeying God. They've separated those two, all right? Um, it's interesting to note that we've gotten away from the words uh, obedience or commandments. You kind of notice that, that there's, we hear more of rules and regulations, and we hear less of the words obedience or commandments. Um, right there should be a red flag, because usually when we have to change the terms, um, we're trying too hard to sell something. All right, That should be a red flag. Whenever the, we have to change the language of the Bible to try and sell it or try and persuade, we, we need to be cautious. Um, so, and it's also interesting that right behind this, hey, it's not about rules and regulations, there's that, hey, you're being pharisaical label. Uh, as we just talked about um, the previous lesson, uh, being pharisaical wasn't about obeying. Um, that was, or it, yeah, it wasn't about being obeying, really, it was, it was being disobedient. But, you know, these phrases, are they biblical? Are they godly? And are they the truth? Now, first, if you do, if you do a search, uh, if you search the Bible for any of these phrases, you're not going to find them. This personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I, go do a search. Go do a Bible search. And is this personal relationship with Jesus Christ, word for word, is that, is that in the Scripture? And I've searched for myself. I want you to go search for yourself. You won't find it in the Scripture. All right? This whole rules and regulations, you're not going to necessarily find that in the scripture either if you go look for it. 
Um, later on, we're going to talk about the real relationship with the Lord. And, and we may see what it is to actually know the Lord in a biblical way and in a scriptural way. Um, but right now, I want to give you something that I just, I, just, I just picked one site off the Internet. And I use that, and really what we're going to find is what they say on that is what they generally say on other sites in relation to what is it to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All right? I'm not saying, when I read this stuff, I'm not saying that it is right. All right? I just want to preface that. But in an internet search, what is the relationship with Jesus Christ? Um, I just picked this one out. It was actually a long article, but I've, I'm kind of giving you the cliff notes. I'm talking about knowing God in the sense of a friendship, a relationship founded on grace, not a religion based on rules and regulations. Red flag already? I'm asking if you've had an opportunity to be forgiven for the bad things you've done. What about those rules and regulations? Sorry, I'm adding to. And yes, according to Romans 3.23, we've all done bad things. That is the truth, isn't it? And made, and made, being made new through the power of Christ's forgiveness on the cross. That's true. I'm talking about a relationship with God based on a relationship with Jesus thanks to his sacrifice, and not based on the good or bad things you've done. I'm asking if you've experienced God's love for you and chosen to surrender your life to his plans and his ways. Man, a lot of good and bad in there. The scripture they quoted was correct, but notice how we've separated friendship and relationship with God from obedience to God. Oh, don't say that word. So those have gotten separated and if you go and do your own searches, which I encourage you to do, you're going to find it basically sim, um, a lot of general similarities. All right, so I just kind of condense this for, for time's sake. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at what the Scripture says about a relationship with God. And if we use more of a scriptural term, really about knowing God. All right, when you do a, a Bible search, you will find those terms about knowing God. And you will find the terms of being friends with God, but you'll see how to acquire that. He gives you the steps. All right? So let's look at what the Scripture says about knowing the Lord, knowing God, and knowing Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rather than having someone write an article and in their own words tell me what it means to know God or have a relationship with Him, let's let... Let's let God's word tell us this morning. So, because anyways, because in John 12, 48, basically he talks about his word is going to be the one that judges us. So, so where do I want to go to find out about that relationship? I want to go to his word, not to a man's word. John 12, 48 says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So I want to go to God's word to find out about this friendship or relationship with God. Also in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable. Think about profitable as beneficial to you. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this is where I want to go if I want to find out about that relationship or that friendship with God, all right? Because he tells me how to live. He, basically, he says, hey, if you want to be complete, 
If you want to be fully complete, 100%, then we got to go to God's Word. All right, so that's what we're going to use to, know, to find out how to actually know God. What are his, what's his criteria? What's his standard? <clears throat> God's Word is the standard by which we do everything in life. How we treat people, how we think, how we act, everything. So I'm going to go into some verses about, about, um, about that relationship. John 14, 23 and 24. Jesus had answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is mine, is not mine, but the Father's, the Father's who sent me. Notice that first verse in 23 he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My word is the equivalent also of my commandments, what he says. In fact, he'll go into that a little bit later on, a chapter later. But notice, in order to maintain that, to have and maintain that relationship, there is a keeping of the word. John 15, 10 through 14. Jesus speaking here. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You, and listen here, you are my friends, speaking of the relationship here, you are my friends if, you do whatever I command you. Now, remember earlier in the article, they were separating friendship or relationship with God or Christ from obedience. Remember, they separated the rules and regulations. Remember, it's taboo to say obedience and commandments. So if we go with the wording that was used in there, they're separating the two. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the scripture says that those two are together, that the relationship um, that those have a relationship. You can't have one without the other. You can't have a relationship with God and not obey Him. You can't be a friend of God and not obey Him. You can't have those separate. <clears throat> and here's, here's a side note, because I think we all, understand, we all understand a relationship, all right? We all understand what a good relationship is. Um, let's, make, let's make this simple. If, if I cheat on my spouse or my spouse cheats on me, I have a right to be upset with that, right? That's breaking the what? The rules of the relationship. We understand that. We understand that relationships have rules. If I break those rules, I cause damage to one or both of the parties involved. Some, and if I continually break the rules of the relationship, I could cause irreparable damage or even completely destroy the relationship. We understand that. We understand that in marriages. We understand that in friendships. We understand that at school. We understand that in the business world. Those relationships, those are just laws of nature. We find those in the Word of God as well. This is nothing new, and we understand that. The relationship with God is not this, you know, um, this hugs and kisses, and I feel good, and I get, but I get to do whatever I want. I can treat you as bad as I want, and you'll always, you'll always be there no matter what I do. 
Now, God's love is always there. Let's not misunderstand that. Remember the prodigal son. He, did, he squandered his inheritance. He ran off, but he came back to his father. Now, I'm sure his father was displeased with what he had done, but his father was receiving him in open arms to come back. All right? Let's not misunderstand that. But at the same time, he did damage to that relationship. All right? So we, under, we understand this philosophy. But let's continue on. I just wanted to use that as a side note. 1 John 2, verses 3 through 6. He says, Now by this we, we know that we know him. Now here's to knowing God. We talked about friendship earlier. Now this is knowing God. Now by this we know him, that we know him. If we keep his commandments. So you see, the, it's the equivalent. To know God is to keep his commandments. And to keep his commandments is to know God. There is no separation there. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So the scripture is telling us, remember, God breathed. So God is telling us here, here's what the relationship looks like with me. This is what God is saying. This is not my words. This is him. Basically, if you tell me that you are mine and you're not doing what I say, you're a liar and you don't have the truth in you. That's that relationship. But you can know that you're mine. If God's, God's basically saying you can know that you're mine by, no, by knowing you're obeying my commandments and being obedient to me. Once again, God, this is God's words, not mine. Moving on. But whoever keeps his word, his word, God's word, Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he, who, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Walk is just another synonymous term for basically obeying. All right? Now, notice this knowing God according to the scriptures goes beyond just an acknowledgement of God, but it has action to it. Obedience to the command, basically. And we can even find that in James chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. We can see that acknowledgement alone is not pleasing to God. All right? He makes a great example of this, and I think he drives the point home. James 2, 18 and 19, he says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. And he says, Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. See that knowing God is in faith and actions. Basically, faith shown by actions. It's not enough according to God. It's not enough to give me lip service. It's not enough to just acknowledge that I exist. It's not enough to just acknowledge that God is or that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. It's not enough. It's not true faith. It's not true works. It's not a true knowing of God. It's not a true friendship with God. It's, it's the actions that really seal the deal. The actions along with faith. It's not either or, it's both. Because notice, even the demons believe. The demons acknowledge that God exists. They'll never, they can't deny that. They won't deny that. The demons acknowledge that Jesus exists and he's, he's the Christ, the Son of God. But are their actions following up? They don't have a relationship with God. 
Because, yeah, they might believe in him, but they won't follow it up with actions or obeying his commandments. Therefore, they will never have a friendship with God. They will never have a relationship with God because they don't meet the requirements. Now, remember, some may call this talking of obedience and commandments rules and regulations. Remember, the terms get changed around. Usually we change the terms when we don't like something. Um, and if, if we say, hey, you have to obey, you have, uh, or you have, uh, you have to um, go about obedience or the commandments, we get labeled pharisaical. Hey, you're just being a Pharisee. All right? And back to, back to last week's lesson, if you want to go over it, Matthew chapter 23, we kind of went over that in detail and showed how the Pharisees, they weren't going by the law. They didn't cross every T and dot every I. They were actually very disobedient. And they had a poor emphasis on, on, on carrying out God's commandments. Remember, if you remember like Matthew 23, 23 and 24, how they would do the sacrificial things in worship, but they forgot justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You know, and Jesus said, hey, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. And then early in the chapter, they would make long prayers before they devoured a widow's house. And remember, fatherless and the widows were people that God really tried to defend um, when, he, when he talked about it in the Old Testament. But they'd say long prayers before they took their houses away from them. They, they weren't following God. They weren't trying to do, uh, follow the whole letter of the law, not at all. So if we're going to be, we're not trying to be pharisaical. We want to strictly follow what God says. So how do we, how do we even learn about his commandments? Because we want that relationship with God. We want that friendship with God. And we see here through the scripture that it's about obeying his commandments. Well, where do we find his commandments? Notice how we started off, before we started off that section, we, went, we were at 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. I'd like to read that again. Because this is where we learn about righteousness. This is where we learn about God. This is where we learn how to know, serve, and follow him and be his friend, be his children. 2 Timothy 2, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And also, it's interesting to note that the psalmist basically asks the same question. Hey, where do I find the commandments or, or how do I get clean? How do I clean up my life? All right? And he go, they end up in the same place. They end up in God's word. Psalm 119, verse 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. See, back to the scripture, back to God's word again. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Why? Don't let me wander from your commandments. Why? Because he wants a relationship with God. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You mean to tell me that this guy understands that when I sin against God, I tax the relationship? They understood it back then, and it's the same thing today. I go to the Word to learn more about God, to learn more about how He wants me to live my life in a complete way and fashion, like it says in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I go to the Word for that. So if we want to know God better, we want to grow closer to God, 
we stay in his word and we apply it to our lives. Because remember, it's not, it's not enough to just know. God requires us to actually go and do it. So this is what it is to know God or to be a friend of God or to have a relationship with God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do what he says. What he says is found in his word. It's that simple. Now, how do we first get to know God? How do we initially first get to know God? Well, first things first, if we go to Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, we learn that our sins have separated us from our God. All right? Therefore, we cannot get to know God until we have our sins forgiven. So initially, we can't be a friend of God. We can't know God in a scriptural way until we have our sins forgiven. Let's read, it. Why? Let's read Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. He said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. See, it's not about God's ability to be able to to save us, all right? He's not deaf, and he's not without strength. His arm is long enough that he can pull us up. But, reading on, but your iniquities, same thing as sins, they're synonymous, synonymous terms, your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So really, it's our sins, individually, it's our sins that have separated us from God. It's nothing that God did. It's our own wrongdoing that's keeping us away from God. And we need to get that out of the way if we want to have this relationship with him, if we truly want to know him. So we need to have our sins forgiven. So this morning, I'm going to give you the steps on how do we have our sins forgiven so we can start that relationship with God, so we can get to know God, so we can be the friend of God, and really so we can have our sins forgiven so we can be in heaven and eternity with him when this life is done. So I'm going to give you some simple steps. First, we have to believe in Jesus Christ that he is God's son and that he sacrificed his life on the cross for, for us, for you individually. And where we find the verse for this is John 8, 24. He says, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. So we have to believe that Jesus is God's son. He sacrificed his life on the cross for us, rose again the third day. Then we have to repent, Luke 13, 3. He says, Jesus speaking again, he says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So if we don't turn around, if we don't have a change of mind, if we don't change our mind, our inside, and change our ways, we will likewise perish. Another thing we have to do is we have to confess Christ before men. From Romans 10, 9, and 10. Paul speaking here, he says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do you see the connection between confessing Christ before men and being saved in that verse? Then finally, a couple verses here on, on being baptized. We have to be baptized, Acts 2.38. Peter, speaking to the crowds here that he just uh, preached the gospel message to, he says, Then Peter said to him, them, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, or the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And then Acts chapter 22, Paul's being spoken to here, and he says, Now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So you see this belief, repentance, confession, and baptism, that's what brings about remission of sins. That's, what, that's what's going to enable you to start a relationship with God, to know the Lord, to become the friend of God. And this morning, if you want to have your sins forgiven, by believing and acting on these things, we stand here ready to assist you as together we stand and sing.